So this morning we are starting a new series called Abide in Me. You know, we've talked about, uh, since I just mentioned it, love, connect, grow, serve. Uh, last week we talked about serving. Uh, today and in this, um, in this series, we're going to be talking about uh, connecting with God, uh, living in connection with God. Um, you know, we've been designed to be filled with, uh, with everything that we need for life. And we, we just finished up a series of, of living godly lives. And, um, you know, we, we need to be sustained by being connected with our creator. Amen. The problem is, and the Bible tells us, that the greatest thing that disconnects us from God is our sin. Now, God took care of that when he sent his son. God the Father took care of that when he sent God the Son into the world. We know him as Jesus. And he lived a sinless life. And he died on the cross for our sins, took the punishment of our sins upon him. He was put in the grave for three days and then was resurrected after that. Amen? That is the very reason that Jesus came to offer himself on the cross for us, so that we could be connected with God the Father. And um, the Bible actually addresses this simple truth in many different ways. And one of the greatest illustrations that he gives us is that of the vine. The vine. I didn't say divine, I said the vine. God is divine, but Jesus is the vine. So we're going to be looking at that this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. And Lord, as we dig into your word, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would direct this. And Father, that you would receive glory and honor. Draw us closer to you through your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So just a few chapters before Jesus is crucified, he's talking to his disciples and he's spending time with his disciples. And he's, you know, we've looked at some of the final words of Jesus that he gave, his instructions that he gave his, uh, his disciples. But, you know, he knows that his life is headed to the cross. And so one of those times that he's talking to the disciples, we find in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And um, if you're looking there in your notes, this is going to be part of point one. The vine is the source of life. John chapter 15, verse 15. If if you read through the, the first part of this, Jesus is using an illustration of a vineyard. Now, we're not too familiar with vineyards around here growing grapes. Uh, I do know that uh, many years ago that my father had, had a couple. You actually have, need more than one grape plant in order to, to grow grapes. And he had a grape and he had a grape arbor and all that kind of stuff. And he actually grew some grapes. It wasn't too bad. But um, one, of, one of the things that, you know, that around Jesus's area when he was walking the earth was, you know, there was grapes. And so the uh, agriculture was kind of like what the, what the Israelites did in those days uh, around there. And uh, they would be very familiar with the grape arbor, the grape vine. And uh, Jesus is talking 
And uh, he says in verse 15, or at fifth, chapter 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, we may not understand what Jesus is talking about here because we're not familiar with grapes unless you grow grapes and there's not a lot of people who do that around here. Um, what, what we may think of when we think of vines and branches, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I'd go through the woods and there'd be these vine things that would be hanging down from the trees you know, about yay big around and we'd be swinging on them. Sometimes we'd swing on them and they'd let go or they'd break and we'd fall, you know. Got to get the wind knocked out of us. So when I was reading this as a young kid, I'm thinking, okay, so every vine that I see is a vine that is hooked to like some kind of branches in a tree. I wasn't realizing that the, when, when you're talking about uh, plants with the grapes and the, you know, when you're growing grapes, is that the plant itself, as it comes up, it comes up as a vine. We may think of it as, as the root sprouting up, you know, the, 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 the trunk of the tree maybe. But it's actually the vine. When, when grapes grow, they, grape, they grow as a vine. And, it, and they intertwine and they go up through the grape barber. And, and as they grow out, that, that vine produces branches. And from those branches come the grapes. Okay, now you all might have known that. You know, hey... Yeah, but as a kid, I didn't realize that until I started looking at grapes. And it would flourish. And the only way that you could have uh, nice grapes is, is that the branches stay connected to the vine. The vine is where everything comes from. The vine is where all the nutrients come from. The vine is where the, 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 uh, the protection and, and the strength of the plant comes from so he's saying that he's claiming that the the vine receives the nutrients and water from the soil and as it grows it, it and flourishes it produces the the um the the grapes the the branches that have the grapes and so he's saying is is that he is the conduit by which we are provided love and grace and mercy and power. We need to stay connected to Him for nourishment. And then second, He's claiming that there's no other vine available to have access to the things that we need to have a full life. Many people settle for lesser vines. They look at money Success, relationship, status, you know, the house and the cars and the clothes, the connections, the job. And they're looking for that fulfillment that they never get. 
But the fact is, you can never replace Jesus for your real life. Jesus also makes the claim that we are the branches. The sole purpose of the branch is to receive from the vine and produce fruit. In order for the for the, the branch to produce fruit, it must remain attached and connected to the source of life. Apart from him, we can accomplish nothing. There's no power. There's, if there's, there's no power, there's no nourishment. There's no life. This is why Jesus gives us clear instructions in his final words. He says, abide in me. Or remain in him. Jesus has big plans for those who put their hope, their faith, their trust in him. And as he's talking to the disciples, his plan is to change the world. Think about that. Pastor and author A.W. Tozer once said it like this. God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. Let me say that again, because that's a great quote. God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things we can do by ourselves. Unquote. You can never find a book that's written by A.W. Tozer. Buy it and read it. Many of us wake up in the morning with no real desire or plan to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Oh, we may want, we may say that we want to, but look at how we plan things. Look at how we do things. Look at what we're, what we're, you know, what, what our, our goals are. We may say we want to be a part of something bigger. We may say we want to do more. But what do we do? We get up in the morning, have our cup of coffee, eat our breakfast. We may read some scripture verse and we may pray. But other than that, what is our plan? We don't notice that we're dis- sometimes we don't notice that we're disconnected from the vine. You know, we do our normal things. We go to work. We punch the clock. We go. We do our work. We punch out. We go home. We go eat dinner. We go to bed. And we wake up the next morning and do the same thing. However, the plan of God for your life is to do greater things. He desires to use us to produce what he calls spiritual fruit. Different from apples and oranges. This fruit is, is the faithful outcome of a holy, connected life. He wants us to be connected to Him and produce fruit. He wants us to be connected to Him so that, so that we don't have the sin in our lives that so easily beset us. He wants to lead 
lead us to places where we can do more for Him. To serve the poor, to feed the hungry, to set the captives free, to heal the sick. Do more than just our mundane lives that we're living. But the only way we can do that is if we abide in Him. Which brings us to the second point, the Christian life cannot be accomplished on our own. Now the book of John here, John uses a very specific Greek word in the verse in verse 5 when he talks about these instructions from Jesus. He uses the word meno, M-E-N-O, as it's translated in English as remain or abide, stay. Sometimes it's even translated wait. So Jesus is telling his listeners, he goes, I am the only way you receive what you need to live your lives for God. But you must remain. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) You must remain. You must abide. You must be, be staying with. You must wait in or on me. And we're not good at this, are we? We're not good at waiting. We're not, we're, we're not, our lives are sometimes too fast-paced. We've got to go from one thing to another thing. We've got plans for all this other stuff that's going on. We buy, uh, we buy the lie that we can do it on our own. We're not patient enough to wait on the vine, to stay connected to the vine and get filled from the vine How do we stay connected to the vine? Intentional prayer. Devoted Bible study. Passionate worship. And meaningful fellowship. How many of you have cell phones? Raise your hand if you have a cell phone. Yeah. A lot more than it used to be. Uh, here's the thing. The cell phone, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I got to plug my cell phone in every night. Because if I don't plug it in every night, uh, it goes dead the next day. See, I got to charge that cell phone at least overnight. Depending upon how much I use it the next day, I might have to plug it in Again, the great part about cell phones nowadays is, you know, if you have one of those ones that you can just put on top of something, it'll charge wirelessly. You don't have to physically plug it in. So I've got a couple of, those, couple of these battery things that I can have. I can just turn them on. I can lay my cell phone on it. It keeps it charged. It keeps it. It's really cool. But, you know, I know people that just are constantly on their cell phone and they never have take the opportunity to charge their cell phone. It's always going dead. It's always low on batteries. It's always, they always have to plug it in and then when they use it, they unplug it. You know, they, they're never 
they're, 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 they, they're barely hanging on to the battery life. And, and cell phones are really important to us today, aren't they? I mean, come on. What do we ever do without cell phones? I couldn't tell you, man. Growing up, I couldn't tell you what I, would, what I did without my cell phone. I remember getting my first cell phone. I remember the first time I used it to call my wife. She goes, what are you calling me for? You're wasting minutes. That's only for emergencies. I said, I'm broke down on the side of 695. Oh, okay. I said, I'll have to, I'll have to see when I can get home and get a tow. Tow truck came and got me, home, got me home. I was like, why are you using the cell phone? You used to have to worry about using all your minutes. Now you, now you worry about having enough battery because you have unlimited minutes, right? Unlimited cell phone use. Okay? So often, but there's people that often, they just plug it in. They realize that they need the fuel for their battery, but they're just impatient to let it charge. And isn't that how we are sometimes with our lives? Man, we got so much to do. We got so much to do. God, you know, I, I, Sunday is the only day that I have to do this and that. That's what the world tells us. So the, the church isn't a priority. Spiritual life gets unplugged. You know, we used to talk about the church being a soul-filling station. You remember those, remember those uh, songs? You know, the church being a soul-filling station. You know, you got to fill up for the rest of the week. You know, now it's like a, it's like the cell phone battery. You got to plug it in. You got to plug your spiritual life into God. Get recharged. But here's the thing: Sunday morning isn't going to do it. Even if you just come and, 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 and celebrate and worship God with each other, Sunday morning isn't going to do it by itself. You've got to stay connected to God. Jesus tells us an intentional relationship with Him will provide spiritual fruit. If you want to know why you don't have the, the love, the joy, the peace, the forbearance, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness and self-control in your life, is because you're not staying connected to the vine. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Paul tells us that that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Then he goes on to say, against such things there is, there is no law. Just like the branch being connected to the vine produces fruit that is consistent with the type of plant it is, we have to stay connected to Jesus the vine in order to produce the spiritual fruit that we need in our lives to live our lives for Him. Now, what does fruit do? That's funny because a lot of people look at the spiritual fruit and they, they, they look at it as being, you know, multiple things. I don't look at it that way. I see it as a singular fruit that has multiple parts to it. 
You understand what I mean? The fruit of the Spirit, that one fruit of the Spirit contains all these things. But what does fruit, natural fruit, do? Well, in, in, in nature, it protects the seed. In nature, it helps transport the seed. In nature, the fruit actually makes it so that the, if the, when, the, when the fruit drops and that fruit decomposes into the ground, it provides nourishment for the seed to produce another tree. What does the fruit of the Spirit do? Well, one of the other things that, that, that fruit does in nature is that it makes the seed look um, appealing. Okay? So you, you got deer. I know we got some deer hunters here. So, you know, the, 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 you got deer. It comes upon an apple tree. The deer, what? It looks at the apple. It sees that it's really good. And, man, it's ready to eat. I'm hungry. It eats the apple. Right? And while it's eating, it's, it's moving through, you know, the, the woods. And, you know, eventually that seed goes to the ground. And it's in another place. But it was transported there because of the fruit and the deer that ate the fruit. See, the fruit of the Spirit act like the same way. When you, when you are full of the fruit of the Spirit, when, when your life contains the fruit of the Spirit, you'll see that, number one, it, it protects the seed. Now, if you're out there saying that you're a believer in Jesus and you don't have love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, what do people say? Can you call yourself a Christian? The Word of God, if you're claiming to be a Christian and you're carrying the seed of the Word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fruit of the Spirit protects that testimony of the gospel in your life. So people look at you and they say, oh, he's got love, joy, peace. All those things that make him look like a Christian. Why? Because he's bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Makes the, makes the seed the gospel look appealing because who doesn't want love and joy and peace and forbearance and, 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 and goodness and kindness and faithfulness and gentleness and who doesn't want self-control in their life? They have something that I want because of that fruit looks good. And it also helps transport that seed. Right? Who wants to talk to some commuter who doesn't like anything? What do you want from that person that's always complaining about whatever's going on? Who wants to talk to somebody like that? 
Man, but when you've got the fruit of the Spirit, it's so easy to transport the gospel of Jesus, the seed. See, the fruit of the Spirit isn't just about making us look good. And it just isn't making it about making us feel good. And it's not just about making us grow in the Spirit. It's about producing other fruit. The purpose of fruit is to make more fruit. That's why an apple tree produces apples with apple seeds in it so that it can produce more apple trees, right? The Christian life, the spiritual life, the fruit of the Spirit is in you for what reason? To be able to produce other people who are producing spiritual fruit. The Holy Spirit uses you to do that. And that ultimately, that's what the Word of God That's what God's plan is for your life, to be a disciple maker. To be a fruit bearer. Not just to enjoy the love, the joy, the peace, the forbearance, long-suffering. You know, nobody likes that word, long-suffering, so they change it to forbearance, you know. Kindness. Yeah, these are things that we want in our life. We want goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. We want that self-control. But this fruit of the Spirit isn't just so, you know, plop, you got it. The Holy Spirit goes, okay, you got it. Now you can feel good, you can sit back, it's all a bed of roses, right? No. It's so that you can spread the seed, the gospel of Jesus Christ. To produce more fruit. And in order for us to do that, we have to be connected. We have to be abiding in Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Because ultimately, we want to have lives that look like Jesus. Point three is abiding in Christ should result in lives that look like Jesus I've said this before. Jesus is the ultimate example of everything that we need to do and who we need to be. You want to know how to live like a Christian? Read the Gospels. Get to know Jesus. Be connected to Jesus. The goal of the Christian should be spend so to be the goal of the Christian should be to spend so much time with Jesus through intentional prayer, uh, studying the Bible, investing in godly relationships, and that passionate worship that the attributes, the attitudes of Christ start to rub off on us. How many of you have a group of friends that you spend a lot of time with? Tell you what, you, you know how they say birds of a feather flock together, you know, those kind of things. But the truth is, you know, our friends influence what we look like. Who we spend time with influence how we spend our time and what we look like when we spend our time. I know you talk to teenagers, they don't believe you, you know, you know, oh, man, I just want to be independent. I don't want to look like anybody else, you know. 
So they, they rebel so much that they start looking like everybody else who's rebelling. Am I right? You know? I want to be different. I want to stand out in the crowd. And they all look like they're standing out in the crowd together in a crowd. And we chuckle about that. But you know what, adults? We do the same thing. See, because either we're influencing people or people are influencing us. So that comes to the question is, who is influencing you? It's funny. I just saw a t-shirt and the words that were on the t-shirt was just, it just said influencer. We talk about influence. We talk about, you know, um, especially, you know, you get, you get the people online, you know, you the people on uh, TikTok, they're influencers. People on, who, who do these videos, they're influencers. They're on YouTube, they're influencers. They get a following, you know, and they influence. Who's influencing you? Because who influences, whoever influences you, you're producing their fruit. So is Jesus your influence? Abiding in Christ should, should have a profound impact on our, every, on our everyday life and on every part of our life. I mean, you should de- demonstrate a, 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 a certain level of peacefulness and patience and trustworthy and faithful. And you should have a gentle spirit. And as we learn in our last series, self-control. So you need to take an honest look at your life. All of us need to take an honest look at our lives. And say, can people tell if we're connected to Jesus? Do people really see the fruit of being connected to Jesus in our lives? In order to establish or reestablish that connection, there's a few simple things that we need to do. Number one, we need to recognize our dependence on Christ. Jesus is the vine. Everything that we get comes from him. Everything that we need, he has for us. We are dependent upon Jesus. Now you might be able to say, well, I'm doing this on my own. That's not a humble spirit, man. Because you're never going to do anything on your own. Never. But we need to simply acknowledge. And when you simply acknowledge that you need Jesus, it puts you into a position to receive from God. Because the truth is, Without God, life is too challenging, it's too painful, it's too confusing to do it all by ourselves. So recognize your dependence upon Christ. Two, repent and commit to living in obedience. Now repentance 
is, is about changing direction. Now, it, 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 it happens several ways, you know. Physically, you might have to change direction, physically. But most likely, it's spiritually. You need to repent, change direction. Go from one, you know, from one worldview to another worldview, to from a from a worldly centered worldview to a man from a man centered worldview to a Christ centered worldview to a biblical centered worldview. We need to recognize our need for Jesus and turn from all the ways in which we are living apart from Him. Living obedient life lives in. in, in in step with the Spirit of God. Allowing God to influence the way we live. And then number three, repeat daily. Recognize our need of Christ and repent in those areas that we don't depend upon Christ. And do that every day. Each morning we're faced with new uh, temptations that invite us to live the lives that we want to live on our own. However, we should recognize that when we recognize every day the need that we have of Jesus in our lives, and we repent of wanting to live the life of our own way, and do that every day, it's just a big circle. Brings us back to Christ. Jesus is divine. You are the branches. He is the source of life. Apart from him, we can do nothing. It's by the grace of God that we are invited to abide in Christ. And receive all that we need to live truly our lives in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you, Lord God. And we pray that you would have your own way in our lives. Help us, Lord God. As we know that you have invited us to abide in you. Lord, I desire to live my life day by day. Simply resting in connection in you. God, our prayer is that you would teach us how to rest in you so that anything in opposition will melt away by the Spirit of Christ filling who we are. Give us the strength to be fruitful branches for you. Because you alone are our sufficiency. Help us, Lord God, as we are connected to you, to bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, that patience, that kindness, that goodness, that faithfulness, that that gentleness and self-control. out of the abundance of your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name.
Amen. And as you continue to pray, I want to talk to those of you who are watching us online. You say, yeah, it's... I hear you about being connected to Jesus. But man, my life's a mess. I don't even know where to start. Well, you just started. You realize that your life is a mess without Jesus. And if you want your life be not so much of a mess. Put your trust in Jesus. You don't have to clean it up before you come to Him. You don't have to be perfect in order to ask for forgiveness. The Bible tells us that when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, God proved his love when he sent Jesus to die on the cross. And Jesus spent time with the sinners, those who looked nothing like Jesus, spent time with Jesus. Why? Because he had the fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the patience, the gentleness, the goodness, the kindness, the self-control. And they love spending time with him. And that's all he wants from you. He wants to spend time with you. But it just starts with saying, Jesus, I need your help. And if you pray that, he will help you. If you pray, Jesus, I don't want to do these things anymore. Help me not to do them. He will help you. And he will forgive you. Just put your trust in him. So why don't we pray for everybody who doesn't know Jesus this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who don't know Jesus. Who not, they're not even beginning to connect to the vine. And I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to speak to their hearts, to draw them into you, so that when they acknowledge their sin and their need for a Savior, you'll be right there. And when they realize, Jesus, that you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross for them and that you were buried dead in the grave for them, let them realize that you were resurrected for them also. And Lord, as they put their trust in you, give them a a renewed hope or a new life, a desire to pray and to read your word. 
and a desire to fellowship and find a place where they can learn more about you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Once again, I'm talking to the people watching us online. If you don't have a home church and you live in the Baltimore area, let me invite you to Middle River Assembly of God. We are located on Bird River Road, right off of Middle River Road in Middle River. If you need directions, you can, you can contact us. We'll get you uh, the direction of how to get here. If you don't live in the area, contact us and we'll get you uh, connected to a church where you live so that you can start going to church, being connected to a body of believers so you can grow and worship. Amen? So let me pray for all of us. Heavenly Father, once again, I thank you, Lord God, that you never tire hearing from us. And Lord, as we look at our lives, my prayer is that we would live those lives doing the impossible for you because that's what you desire for us. Help us, Lord God, to be challenged to do things that we can't do on our own so that others may see the fruit and learn about the seed of the gospel. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.